Welcome to the Growth Elevated Leadership Podcast with Julian Castelli. Each week, we talk with senior tech leaders to explore stories and insights about the challenges involved with growing technology companies. We hope that these stories can help you become a better leader and help you navigate your own growth journey. Today, we are really excited to have Scott Beck with us from CHG Healthcare. Uh, Scott is a tremendous executive and has done an incredible job building a company with one of the best cultures and has been rated as one of the fortune best places to work for many years. And is, is we are so fortunate to have Scott join us this morning to talk about his leadership experience and how he has made CHG such a successful company. Welcome, Scott. Hi. Well, thanks, Julian. It's great to be here uh, with you. Excited to engage in this uh, conversation. Well, I, I think we have a lot to learn from you and I'm excited about hearing your story. Well, now, Scott, I was I was doing some research. Your dad was a doctor, as was mine. So yeah, did you go no, on rounds with him at the hospital in your in your, yeah, in your that's, youth. That's how the whole thing kind of started. I, you know, I, I left home in 1985 with the thought that I was going to go become a doctor. Um, and kind of ironically, you know, I'm I'm in the doctor business, but instead of caring for a few hundred patients, I'm working with several thousand physicians uh, providing health care to, to millions of people that need it, which is really cool through our company. That is such an awesome, uh, awesome story. I, I remember going on rounds with, with my father and, yeah. and the hospital was the workplace. And so you initially had, had your interest in, in health care, and, and you, but you're a, you a business guy. You went to school for business, right? Yeah. You know, I really thought I was going to be a doctor. And then I started taking some marketing and some business classes, kind of got more excited about, about business. Um, and, and, you know, for me, this opportunity here at CHG is really the intersection of an interest in medicine, uh, curiosity about marketing, and a passion for entrepreneurship. And it's really a, the intersection of the three of those things. And, you know, as I mentioned to you the other day, I've been here now for 24 years, which is kind of amazing, you know? Absolutely. Fantastic. So tell us, tell us a little bit about CHG. Uh, I, I know what it is, but just in your own words. Yeah. You know, who do you serve yeah. and, and what do you guys do every day? Yeah, I'd be happy to. You know, interestingly, Julian, the company was founded here in Salt Lake City uh, by a physician at the University of Utah. Um, got a federal grant to provide physician services um, on, you know, a Native American uh, reservation here in the American West that couldn't attract and retain the right complement of physicians to take care of people in the community. So it was kind of a one-time contract, but that was the spark that started you know, the commercial business. So today, um, we're the largest and the strongest physician recruiting and staffing company in the United States and, and in the world. Um, we help physician groups and hospitals uh, with full-time permanent placement when they're searching for doctors to build their permanent staff. Um, but the biggest part of the business that we operate today is we bring people in temporarily, kind of like a substitute teacher. Okay. Um, when, you know, when, when they need a cardiologist because somebody has stepped away from the practice, they either retired, left the practice, the practice is expanding. So we help provide that flexible, temporary, um, you know, physician services and, and, and patient care um, to complement the rest of the group. Fantastic. And you've been there 24 years. Give us a sense of the growth journey you've been on. I know you've grown that business yeah. multifold. Yeah. You know, it's really been a, a, a fun um a really a fun journey. When I started here, I originally joined the company uh, to help with a new technology initiative to start kind of a new internet-based division, sort of a jobs.com of healthcare. 24 years ago, before you know jobs.com and healthcare was even it was even a thing, 
Um, and then I, I, I transitioned into marketing and then joined the, the team to help run the business. Um, back when I joined, we had about 175 employees um, and $120 million in revenue. And we've grown mostly organically over the last 24 years. A few uh, acquisitions along the way to get us into new markets that were fairly small. And then we purchased some technology capabilities more recently. But um, excited to report that, you know, we've, we've grown a lot over the 24 years. Uh, we'll do about $3, million, $3 billion in top-line revenue this year. And we have <laughs> oh 4,000 employees uh, in the CHC family, which is pretty exciting. I can't even do the math. From $120 million to $3 billion. 175 yeah. employees to several thousand. So you've you've gone through several stages of growth here. Yeah, it we we certainly have, and it's been I mean it's been a ton of fun. You know, honestly, when I joined here, I never had a thought that I'd be here 24 years later. But I found a place where uh, where I really love the work because of my passion for medicine and and marketing and entrepreneurship, and and I found myself working for uh, a team of leaders. Um, that we're really good at building and developing culture, you know, which is, I mean, I know we both went to business school back when we were in school, they weren't talking a lot about culture. It was more about, you know, the fundamentals, accounting and finance and marketing and, and all of those things. And so that was the first exposure I really had to it and, and really where kind of, I learned the, the value and the, and the, um, you know, the, do you the attribute, do you attribute culture as a, as a key reason for your, for your success? I mean, it, to grow I, that yeah. much and, and consistently over that many years, I, you know, I think yeah. the real question is, you know, how did you do that? Is culture one of the big answers? I would, I would say it's the, it's the primary answer, sort of that and a commitment to organic growth. And the two of them kind of, you know, work together. Um, you know, pleased to share um, that, you know, today, 70% of the people that, that come to work here as a new employee are a referral from a friend or family member that works here. So, you know, by investing in the culture, creating a place where people can be successful, where they feel like they can be themselves, that's judgment-free, where they feel like they're cared for. Um, you know, our number one core value around here, and we have it all over the walls and all over the website, and we really try to bring it to life inside the company, is called, it's called putting people first. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that's how we've, um, you know, really started by listening. When, when I joined the company, uh, 24 years ago, our turnover rate here on an annual basis was about 50%. I mean, just imagine how hard it is to build a uh, company of 50% yeah, of your people. Leaky bucket, leaving. right? Yeah. So we started the simple process of just trying to do a better job of listening, asking our employees about their experience. What did they like? What did they not like? Why were they leaving? So 50% was, was the culture, would you say it wasn't, wasn't very good when you started? I would say it was broken, you know, at okay. that point. The, the, the CEO I came to work for at the time had just uh, taken, taken Comp Health, which was the legacy company that started CHG Healthcare, taken it independent from a big healthcare conglomerate. So it was undernourished and undervalued and didn't have its own leadership team and its own management organization. So, yeah, it was just undeveloped, you know, I would say. And so he took it independent and raised some capital and really began to focus on building and strengthening it, you know, kind of like we think about building and strengthening our families to mm -hmm. raise children that are hardworking and high character and honest and caring. Um, and that was just the way he thought about it, which was unique to me when I started here 24 years ago, because business was a, much more about the X's and the O's and profits. Yeah, transactional and strategy. Yeah, plans, more but... transactional and less, and less emotional. And, mm -hmm. you know, today we, we, we see them kind of blending 
you know, blending uh, together. And yes, culture is a very big part of, I think, why we've, you know, why we've grown so much. You mentioned that we've, we've, we've uh, received some recognition that's helped build a strong employment brand that attracts people um, to want to come work for a company where, you know, somebody like me that grew up in, in Boise, Idaho, can, can, can find and develop a career like I've developed here. Lots of people. In fact, this morning, just before our, 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 our call here, I was, I was congratulating employees that have been with us for 15 and, and 20 years, and I had a Zoom screen full of people. So that was pretty cool. No, that's that's so awesome. And and the turnaround there, right? Like I, I said, wow, based on the revenues, but the turnaround from 50% turnover employees to 70% internal referrals yeah. for all the growth, and you've yeah. grown your employee base 20x. Right. I and mean, our, that is our a huge turnover rate, turnaround. Our turnover rate more recently has been about 12% annually. So it's wow. meaningfully improved as we've you know, as we've gotten bigger. You know, I think the key to it. You know, we started asking everybody in the beginning, well, why are you leaving and why are you unhappy and all of this? And nobody would really tell us why. They didn't trust the, the management regime that had been here before. And so finally, we, we asked the questions, we published the survey results on the Internet, and people would go online and they'd see that the comments that they put in were actually published. And it just began to build this foundation of trust where, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's okay to say what I really feel. There's no worry about retribution. In where fact, did, where I, did you publish these comments? We published them on the internet so that all of our employees could see them. You know, we have the the first annual CHG employee satisfaction survey and, you know, all of the quantitative results and then every single comment that was published. Every um, single comment. Wow, that is courageous. We published it online. And then, you know, a lot of our employees went online and, and I mean, you can imagine, they went, wow, these guys have the courage to actually publish all of these results. And they weren't very favorable in the beginning. Sure. You know, it was it was a lot of unhappy a lot of unhappy people, but we tr- started listening to themes and then we started taking action. We'd come back to the employee base and say, "Hey, thank you for your feedback. Here are the top 3 themes that we heard and here are the 3 or 4 things that we're going to do in response to your feedback to try to build and strengthen the company and we hope that you'll stick around and grow mm-hmm. with us." And so generally, that that that's really transparency really is what I'm hearing. So you really would and share the trust. process right in front of the the whole team. Yeah, yeah, and then you know trying to behave, you know, like you'd behave as a parent when you think about the importance of raising, you know, your children. Think about doing the right thing at the right time, you know, in the right way. Of course, everybody has to work hard, and there's discipline and disappointment along the way. But trying to build a culture that people set, you know, choose to be a part of. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have any long-term contracts with the doctors I work with or the clients I work with or the employees that are here today, everybody sort of chooses to, to work together. And, and that's what makes it, that's what makes it really work. So culture, the, you know, we call it the invisible hand, right? Because it yeah. just, even when you're not in the room, it's, it's, it's working for you. Do you have any examples of, of kind of, you know, you've built this great culture where you're seeing those dividends and you're like, wow, that was, that was playing out when I wasn't even there. Kind of like capitalism yeah, you know, in the background. Absolutely. There's, there's a, there was an example that really um, sort of surprised and, and delighted me the other day. We've, we've really started to focus more on internal leadership development to fund our growth. You know, we try to grow by about 10% more people each year to fuel the growth of the business. Well, if you need 10% more people power, you're going to need 10% more management and leadership. And what we found best is to, is to try to develop that talent internally you know, as the company's growing. So the other day we started this leadership snapshot series and just invited anybody that might be interested at some point in leadership 
uh, to come join a, a Zoom call and mm-hmm. you know, begin to learn about it. And we had 300 people inside of the company um, wow. that raised their hand and, and said, I'd love to be a leader here at CHG. I want to come learn more about it. I want to join this series and begin to engage in this. And you know, that's just, I think, a sign of the strength of the commitment and the excitement and and you know people's uh, belief that you know this really is a good company and a good culture. Um, you know, we also pride ourselves on on making a real difference. You know, in the world in this year, 2023, we'll we'll work with 15,000 different healthcare clinicians. Most of them are doctors. We also work with nurses and pharmacists and physical therapists, um, and we'll help provide health care to 29 million people across the country and in about um, 12 foreign countries around the world. So we're doing some international work, too. So people get a real sense of pride that they're a part of you know, a company that's not only a good place to work where I feel like I can invest my own human capital, but you know, we're, we're, we're doing some good work. In the world oh, absolutely! You're, you're you're healing people. Ultimately, you're yeah. you're contributing yeah. to the process of making people well, and that's got to be tremendously satisfying. Which was the interest, right? For you, yeah, exactly. No, and that's that helps when you've got you yeah. can align a mission towards really having great impact in the world and helping people. Yeah. But I, you know, Scott, I can't I can't imagine it's been all up and to the right and all roses, right? You you, you tell us some of the challenges. What are some of the the yeah. the, the, the sure. biggest challenges you've faced along the journey? Well, I mean, th- there's one that just stands out, and, and it, you know, the, the, it's still pretty fresh, and that was navigating, you know, the, the first ever global health pandemic in, in our, you know, in, yeah, very recently. Time. And you, you might remember, it probably impacted your family and your company too, but the, but, but the entire healthcare system in America shut down for a couple of months. People were afraid to go to the doctor. We couldn't be in close places together, worried about getting, you know, worried about uh, getting sick. Imagine my business, it caused tremendous turmoil. Um, you know, we were worried about all kinds of things. Our clients were canceling. They didn't have patients coming in the door. They didn't need doctors. Doctors weren't earning revenues. Our revenues really slowed down. Collections became difficult. So, And the environment in the hospitals, I understand, was very difficult. Oh, it was difficult. And you remember- All the stories were circulating on the media about- time. I mean, it was just a scary time. You know, we were, we were worried about going to the grocery store for- That's right. You know, for a while and we were hunkering down and staying home and not going to the doctor. And, you know, we had Sherry's parents come live with us because we were trying, you know, to protect them. And, and, but that created a a, a kind of a unique set of really challenging circumstances for us here in the business. So all of a sudden revenues, you know, here at CHG were down 20 to 30%. um, And, and we were really worried about being able to maintain this great culture and this great staff that we had developed. So, you know, I got everybody together and I said, listen, we need your help. We have got to stomp on the brake harder than we've ever stomped on the brake around here. We need to stop spending money on almost everything so we can continue to fund payroll and benefits for our people. Because I had a lot of conviction. You know, this is a people-powered business. Right. It's powered by relationships. And if we did what a lot of my competitors were doing. And a lot of people just in corporate America, which was shedding huge parts of your workforce, 20, 30, 40%. Absolutely. Cash and tighten you know, your belt. I knew that that would really hurt us. And so I resisted. And this was hard. You know, we're, we're professionally private equity, uh, equity backed. We've got smart financial investors, you know, that are, that are, that are our partners here. And, and they were worried about, you know, the situation, but I, my team and I really resisted the urge to, to tighten our belts and let people go 
Um, how much were you able to, how much, how much of your cost percentage wise were you able to reduce and, and did you have to d cut into the people side as well or were, were, how much were you able to do without people and then did you have to do yeah. some people as well? Yeah, well, I resisted the urge to make any changes because I really wanted to see how this, how it was going to play out. You know, it, it, it took longer and, and was a more challenging situation, I think, than any of us, you know, anticipated at the time. And while my competitors were letting go of 20, 30 and 40 percent of their workforce, you know, right early in the spring and summer of 2020, you know, we hung on and didn't make any adjustments until October, uh, at which point we did have to reduce the size of our total workforce by about 5 percent. But you were able to reduce non non employee costs enough to have a yeah. much much Meaning, lighter lighter touch by something like twenty five or you know thirty percent. Wow! Um, because we, I mean, you know, we renegotiated our rent and we stopped spending money on travel and conventions and you know just all everything else that we could delay. Um, we delayed so that we could preserve our resources. How long did you have to hold your breath? I talked to a lot of leaders and they're like, yeah, we, we, we kind of had to hold our breath for several quarters or a year or a year and a half. I mean, the, 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 you know, when it arrived on our doorstep in March, I mean, I remember leaving the building thinking this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened because we've sent everybody home. We weren't even equipped to go home at that point. People didn't have mm -hmm. laptops and monitors at home. Not everybody had the internet access. And I remember thinking, I'll be back next week. Things will you know, yeah, this, will, right. this will blow through. And then a week and turns to a month and a month turns to a quarter. And a quarter turns into a year. And, you know, it's still, I mean, it still doesn't feel like it's normal. I mean, I think we're approaching a new kind of equilibrium post, right. you know, pandemic. But yeah, I was really surprised. And, and I would say it was paralyzing and very scary for the first couple of quarters. Um, and then, you know, it, it slowly kind of began, um, you know, began to, to move back to normal. People began to start going back to the doctor. But, you know, there's still a lot of pent-up demand in, in healthcare today because for the last couple of years, people didn't go see their doctor regularly like they like. Yeah, they I can totally imagine that. You're, see, you're oh. seeing, you know, you and I both studied economics, right? Yeah. Remember, remember the curves, the supply and demand curves and equilibrium? Absolutely. And I remember yeah. when people say, what's going to happen after this? I'm like, well, this is this is what we studied. This is what happened back in history when you had right. these demand shocks and it took years to get back into equilibrium. We're finally living through one, but at least, you know, in, in, in our business lifetime, this is the first time we got way out of equilibrium in so many areas in terms of supply, interesting in terms of healthcare, you know, services. Totally. And in some ways, you know, the, the, the healthcare pandemic exacerbated the shortage. I mean, the hours nurses were working without time off. Um, you know, once, once we got through the shutdown, the burnout that physicians faced, you know, has really, um, you know, the, the healthcare workforce today is not in as good a healthy shape as it was before the pandemic. People are burned out and tired and want to retire, want to take, you know, take, take more control of their life and, and not just be, be, you know, overworked and tired all the time. But, you know, yeah, so the pandemic, you know, was, was the any, biggest challenge that we faced. Any, any positives that came out of that? I mean, this, uh, at the risk of going on a tangent, you know, how does telehealth impact your business? And is that a, a good thing for your employees? Yeah, it is a good thing for our, you know, employees. I would say that is one of the positives. You know, the greatest lesson that, that I learned coming through that was just the value of sticking with our employees. I mean, you remember how scary it was. People were worried about their jobs their ability to pay their mortgage, their ability to make their car payments or even have grocery money. And because we stomped on the brakes so hard and prioritized, you know, payroll and benefits for our people and kept our people on staff, they really rewarded us by sticking around and helping us, helping us 
come out of the pandemic um, in a really, really healthy, really robust, you know, robust way. You know, some of the other benefits, telehealth is one of them, you know, um, and, you know, it's, it's, it is a component of our business today. I mean, I don't know in your family, we utilize it a little bit, but most of us still. I've just started to, and I, I, I gotta say, I kind of like it just yeah. like everything else. Just like we're talking right now, right? I, I, I would love to come visit you in person, but this is very convenient. It is very, uh, very convenient. You know, the other benefit I think that my team and I feel is we just, we just have more confidence that we can get through bigger, more challenging things having come through that. There's a, there's a feeling of a of more being more resilient, and um, you know moving forward and being able to sort of overcome big challenges that you know that come our way. I mean, if we could if we could survive and thrive through this challenge, you know, in this business, I think I think you know it, it's it's a strong and healthy company and culture, and we can can get through anything together. Absolutely, I've seen that a lot as well. I mean, it, it was a shared crisis. But yeah. teams came together and survived in different ways. And when you realize that you can survive, you are tighter and stronger. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they say, and, and you don't really know it until you've been through it. But, you know, um, adversity um, brings people together and can really strengthen, you know, companies. I mean, when you just have a strong tailwind and everything's moving up into the right, it feels really good. But, but you know, it's really sometimes these challenging uh, experiences that sort of bring people closer together and you sort of see what you're made of. Absolutely. Uh, Scott, if you could go back and, 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 and have a time capsule and talk to yeah. Scott 20 years ago, what, yeah. what, what are some of the things you might, you might uh, share or, or send a note? Yeah. You know, I just remember the acute feeling of fear um, for people's safety, fear of what was going to happen in the business. And having been through an experience like this, I myself am more resilient. I would tell my younger self to have more confidence um, don't be as anxious, uh, believe in your people, believe in yourself, you'll get through this. So I, I try to find um, an opportunity to get those messages out there earlier uh, to try to reassure people, hey, we've been through something like this before. We know how to run this play. We're going to stomp on the brake and protect our resources to protect you. You know, we were kind of learning that as we were going, and I wish I would have been able to see that before I got there and been able to mm -hmm. communicate that. You know, the other benefit, if there was one through the pandemic, is it really gave us the courage to do things that we maybe should have done before. You know, consolidating right. some divisions, taking strategic advantage of opportunities that we really didn't have a catalyst to move forward with. But, you know, in the middle, I mean, what do they say? Never let a crisis go, you know, unexploited. That was the phrase that came to mind. But how, how do you do that when times are good and when, when you don't necessarily have to? What, what, any, any ideas and tricks on how to do it? I think it's really hard, you know, um, and I think it comes down to, you know, building a layer of trust inside of your company so that you can have an honest conversation with people and say, hey, we're going to make some changes here um, and they're going to have an impact on, on you and your team. But these are the things that we're going to do uh, to try to provide opportunity and try to keep you with the company, you know, but we are going to pivot. And, you know, we really earned quite a bit of trust and, and connection during those tough times. And so now when we want to make other changes that aren't as big, but that might, you know, impact um, employees, we, we have we have a lot of trust that we're working from, which really, really helps us. So Scott, you've had an incredible run there and you've built culture. And I know you feel passionately about continuing that for your yeah. team and, and uh, for the business. And, and I know that you've thought very, been very thoughtful about transition. Tell us a little yeah. bit about, you know, 
some of the latest news? I know you, you've, you've, yeah, you've taken some steps uh, in that direction. Yeah, you know, I was the beneficiary, Julian, um, of sort of being raised here as a leader and had the opportunity to grow and develop and move into senior leadership and take over as COO and then CEO. And I'm trying to develop the same opportunity inside the company for the next generation. Um, you know, I've, I've got a, a terrific young team working for me. Um, I just promoted uh, one of my top executives to be president of that was, Yeah, that's, that seems like you're being very thoughtful and building the bench. And I think that is so rare to have someone in the seat that's actually thinking about the future and planning like that. And, and you know, boards worry about it and it becomes this unspoken thing that no one really adapts to until it's a last minute scramble. So, you know, I think that's very unique. And you're showing great yeah. leadership in doing that, and I, 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 uh, I know a lot, a lot, a lot of our peers admire, admire you for doing that, and I think you've got a lot to share, share and teach us. Yeah, you know, and we've, I mean, we kind of learned the hard way, like we all do, by making hiring mistakes, bringing people in from the outside that look like they've got all the right stuff and they're going to be a right fit, and it takes quarters and months and years to find out that oh, they really weren't a good fit, or they didn't have the skills or experience, or they didn't stay with the company. We're much more successful developing talent from inside. You know, my my we're in YPO together, and my YPO qualifying company was the was the founding uh, company here, Comp Health, the one that the physician at the University of Utah started. Uh, and I was the president of that company 20 years ago. And I'm proud to tell you that in July we promoted um, uh, Brooke Bowers to be president of that division, and she was a recruiter on the front lines when I was the president 20 years ago. That is awesome. And so, you know, you have, you that have the longevity and continuity throughout the business growing inside of the company. That's what helps propel all this organic growth because people stick around and say, man, if Scott could be president here, you know, it looks like he's going to pave the path for me. I want to I want to I want to do it someday. Absolutely. So we've had five internal su successful successions to president of that division since since I ran it 20 years ago, which I'm really proud of. Oh, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah, well, Scott, you. this has been wonderful. Uh, so much to learn here, so so much to admire, and and uh, I'm so happy for you on 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 all the success, and I'm grateful that you shared it with our listeners. Well, thank you. It's really fun to be a part of this uh, this this series of podcasts, and I look forward to uh, to to tapping into the other interviews and and resources that you've developed here. But it's been it's been great to be with you, and thanks for uh, inviting me and including me. It's been a pleasure, Scott. Have a great day. Okay, thanks, Julian. Take thanks. care. Thank you for listening to the Growth Elevated Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you please follow us and subscribe on your favorite podcast player? And we'd be grateful if you recommend it to a friend. If you'd like more resources on how to become a better leader in business, we invite you to visit us at growthelevated.com. We'll be back next week with more insight from another great tech leader. Thank you.